figures wow. uh, somebody's out there mowing the lawn or whatever. <laughs> oh, this is like the craziest thing. I don't know what their schedule is, but whenever I have to record something, these motherfuckers come. It's like, it's insane. It's loud. I think it just, this time of year is just the time of year that constant. It's nonstop though. It's people, nonstop. People got to blow the leaves. They got to chop up the leaves. They got to rake the leaves. Stop it. And I like to say, leave the leaves. Leave the leaves. That's <laughs> actually what's best for the ground is you leave the leaves. We've all seen the uh, the viral things, right? Yeah. We all know by now. The mycologists tell us to leave the leaves. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. It's very important for your soil and your, your grass. Because it biodegrades on there and yeah. then the little worms mm-hmm. and different bugs that then eat mosquitoes grow in the little dried leaves. Leave the leaves, guys. Leave the no leaves. No one does it. Everyone hates the leaves. They got to wow. get them away. How did humans become so naturally OCD? How did we go from like wild animals to like... I, I need to, like, my dad cannot have a leaf in the lawn. Yeah. He's out there every single day fighting against nature. And then the, the grass starts growing in May. And they say, no mow May is good. Yeah, yeah no mow it, May. Yeah. So it helps all the bees. And, you know, I try to tell my parents that, but it's like this OCD. And everyone has it. No mow May. Sounds <laughs> like, a, like Thai food. <laughs> I'd yeah. like to get it some Nomo May, please. Ooh, it's a good dish. The cream of some young guy. Yeah, cream of some young guy. I say that all the time. <laughs> no one ever right gets the yeah. reference. Wait, what is? I know what it means, but what is? But no, where is it? Wayne's World. Wayne's oh, World. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have the cream of some young guy. Maybe I didn't catch it when I saw Wayne's oh, World. So That's good. possible. Definitely not. Yeah, that, I'd be too young for that. It was so funny. Oh, God, <laughs> that movie is still. It holds up. I was thinking about rewatching it. It's good. I rewatched it a couple years ago. It was fantastic. It 100% holds up. And what's her name? Such a hottie. Uh, Tia Carrera. Gosh, Tia Carrera. One of the all-timers. Is she right? the Cassandra yeah. basis? Cassandra, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Gosh. That movie like defined my personality, oh, my music taste, my everything at the time. Like That Bohemian was so seminal. Part, I mean, come on. That's it's, how I found out about that song. The only thing I don't like about that movie is... Uh, Noah's arcade guy is such a prick, and his name is Noah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ugh, God. Yeah. We met a, an incredible Noah the other night. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. so there's good Noahs Represent. out there. Represent. Represent. There's a lot more Noahs these days than there used to be. When I was growing up, there wasn't a ton of Noahs, and then all of a sudden. I think it's one of the most popular is, baby names now. It is. It has been running for like a Because decade. of folks like you. I hope so. Populating <laughs> it. I've known some Noah duds. And it was like, you meet them and you're like, gosh, you're not helping us guys. Mm. Like, what are you doing? Like, gotta represent. Gotta be cool. Gotta be mm. chill. Who's the most famous Noah besides my man with the ark? Uh, jeez, that's a good question. Noah Bombach or whatever. Yeah, that's one. It's for like movie dorks. That's so there's dork, gotta be a much dorky. more famous Noah than that. Trevor Noah, but it's the last name. Joaquin mm. Noah. There's a receiver for the Texans, Noah Brown. There's another tight end for the chiefs noah gray i mean i'm just pulling out the Noah. you're noah rainbow yeah right (laughs) (sighs) it's good times guys here we are right well 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 Mm. back at it again back at it again can't help ourselves now we we prom we did a really bummer patreon it was it's not even a bummer it's just like Cass wanted to talk about stuff that i've been avoiding so like we did it and we talked for like an hour and a half and at the end of it i was like we're not doing this again without a guest. Like the next time, we we just have to break the tension. We need a guest. We can, like because otherwise, why so serious? We're just digging around. But that's what because I feel be- serious because I can't. When I feel serious, 
I transmute serious. That's why I, I love you, Can't Cass. help it. Yeah. I need your kind of like neurotic worry sometimes yeah. <laughs> just to remind me that that is an option to Yeah, feel. I just try to make other people feel good about themselves. About like, at least I'm not as neurotic as she is. You know? <laughs> yeah, it does work. Yeah, I mean, right. I just also like, I tend not to get overly affected by the world, right? Like mm. out there, it just... I don't know. Like, I don't have that issue. Like, I'll have people hit me up and be like, you know, like, how do you process, like, what's going on in the Middle East? How do you process, like, all the you war? Go, la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. And, like, <laughs> I, I actually pay, like, a lot of atten- attention. And I have, like, pretty strong views. And mine are typically in the minority um, when it comes to a lot of this stuff. But I just, like, it doesn't dominate my consciousness right it doesn't it doesn't seem to be something that like concerns me to the point where it starts affecting my days or my mood which i'm grateful for yeah no i just i just needed to start calling some senators to feel like i did something even if i know it's nothing it just makes me feel like i can look at myself i actually think that's really cool i've changed my stance on political activism and i think one of the maybe one of the only things that actually is worthwhile doing is calling your local representatives um, because you are their constituents and they will listen to you. And that's actually how you affect change. It's not by going on Twitter and railing off, you know, a tweet thread about the injustices of the world. But when you get in touch with these people, like, you know, that really does matter. Yeah. I got um, through to them. Like not, I didn't actually firsthand talk. how much they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. They're like, yeah. Okay. Okay. What's, what's your message for no, they, uh, Senator <laughs> Schumer? Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll get this right over. No, they tally it. <laughs> and then they, they at, the tally end of, it. at the end of the day, they say, these people are pissed. Yeah. They say, Hey, a lot of people are calling about this one thing. They don't want you to do that anymore. And he's yeah. like, but the people that put me here mm-hmm. do. So, uh, Sorry, I'm going to have to say again, fuck them. You ain't paying my bills. <laughs> yeah, you I know. Are. Yes, exactly. You're not paying his bills. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, but I do think, um, especially on a local level, like contacting your representatives is a very noble and wise thing to do. Um, you know, complete disillusionment with the system, I don't think is the best move. It's not like the wisest approach, but I'm not really a political activist anymore. I used to be in my younger days yeah protested at the supreme court after uh al gore lost Um, oh yeah yeah i was right there i was it was crazy times but i I don't know man i was right in the middle of all that i was was living down in florida my first Mm. election 18 years old and i voted for ralph nader (laughs) great job dude. he was one of 200 people that uh you must really love see no that that's that's one of the that's one of the convenient excuses the democrats used to uh, make independent voting seem less palatable. They're like, they ruined it. It was those 200 people in Pinellas <laughs> County, Florida. It's like, fuck you. We Earn my vote, motherfucker. It was the hanging chads. That's yes. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> what a what It a was Tipper time. Gore. Tipper Gore. She was a nightmare. She was That's why cool. I, did, I could never I know, vote for Al Gore. I know. You I, mentioned I, on the podcast I heard yeah. it, and that was uh, yeah. two things from back then that really got to me was her and her campaign against music and yeah. art and video games. Yeah, and uh, Joe Biden with the Rave Act was oh, yeah. one of the most nefarious uh, yeah. attacks on art I've ever... I, I was working for a promotion, a party company, and I delivered boxes of petitions to Capitol Hill. I was like one of the few things I was doing back then, and it didn't change anything. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean... 
politics it's it's fucking boring right i mean who cares there's a great screeching weasel song called politics are fucking boring (laughs) (laughs) it is though i mean like i don't know it's just uh, there's so many more interesting things and more valuable things i think we can focus on with our precious awareness than oh yeah you know like talking about comedians right it seems to be what we fill our time with now (laughs) I i mean it's just there's nothing better than like laughing it's just such a huge part of existence i think you know if you ever look at the periods of your life where you're not feeling so great you're probably not laughing you're probably not tuned into the frequency of like funny which i think is just like it's a shame that we forget that and i get life can be hard and it can kind of beat you down you forget that but i don't know like comedy is just it's so fucking important. Well, it takes humility to understand it. So I yeah. think oh, right away, a lot of people are just kind of lost in the sauce. You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, geez, that that's like literally I went from like not listening to any podcast and then like quarantine started. Yeah. I, I like basically the only thing we ever listened to was like Ram Dass or Alan Watts mm-hmm. or Jack Cornfield or whatever. And then the quarantine started and I started paying attention to comedians and I was like, this is a better life for me. It just <laughs> yeah. has been a better life. You know? Yeah. What I mean? There's a time and place for like the spiritual talks and I actually revisit them quite a bit. Oh, um, us too. But I, it's not really like my favorite stuff to listen to comedy, music. Those things are like tried and true mm. that I think are you speaking of, you mentioned that I reached out to Ragu uh, Whoa. a week ago, I said because I was uh, I was on ketamine, and <laughs> I had I, he popped into my head, and I just so had this like let's over- put this to bed. Oh, yeah, and it was like I had this, this overwhelming feeling of unconditional love, and being like, you know, he was just running his script, I was just running my script. I did plenty of things that were Ragu. For context, is he's in charge of Ram Dass's network, which you used to be in yeah. a partnership with him. Yeah, yeah, when it yeah. Was called uh, Love Serve Remember. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Be Here Now Network, I think. And And you guys um, had an acrimonious breakup. It was pretty acrimonious. It was not great. It was fraught with peril and distraught. But I reached out to him, and then he got back to me a couple days later. He's like, it was really good to hear from you. Like, we should catch up soon. I'm like, yeah, this feels a lot better. better. right? Yeah. I mean, like, there was no real reason to be. I think it was just, like, one of those things where, like, like, it was time to move on for me. Mm -hmm. And I guess I didn't have a more graceful way of exiting than like creating kind of like a big blow up. And there were some intrapersonal and like fucked up things going on. Yeah, of course, of course. And and not just on their side, it was me too. But as time goes by, it becomes less personal. Yeah. It's hard to remember. It's hard to remember. Yeah. Yeah. And I just see like, they have a lot of the same people still working there. And and I see that be here now network and, and the Ram Dass foundation is doing really well. Like they're yeah. killing it in the social media world. They have some talented people kind of like, and that, that was nice. Like I, I like that. Like yeah. it, it, it always was like a very nice vibe when you got down to the core of like Neem Karoli Baba and Ram Dass. Like it was, oh, it was hell a yeah. very peaceful, the, the Hanuman Chalisa would come on in years past and I'd always skip it. And then this <laughs> came on. I was picking up uh, Denise and Aslan from the airport and her mom. And it came on. And I was like, I wonder if I still know all the words to the Hanuman Chalisa. And I do. I nice. still fucking know the entire thing. And I was like, wow, this is, uh, it feels good. It feels good to rectify some of these relationships that maybe didn't end 
the way you wanted, right? And even if you don't yeah. get the reciprocation, it's still just good to get that vibe out there. Sean and I have been talking about this a lot because, like, yeah, I'm trying. You know, I think the podcast we're referencing is like me trying to find peace through, like, okay, what is where do I need to move the energy, and uh. how do I need to? And he's like, okay, you made some phone calls or whatever it is. Yeah. But like me, I'm looking at the relationships in my life, and some of them you feel like, I don't know, what were you? You were like, you you kind of like seek out your hi- own hypocrisy. You're like yes. kind of like a, a, a hound dog, and you're like, all right, where am I being? Yeah. Like, where is there states, no peace in my life? I'm so it, mad that there's not peace in this world. Where is the lack of peace in my life? You always have to start there. Exactly. Right? I mean, like, what are you doing otherwise? Yeah, we're we're good at ceasefires, but peace treaties is a different thing, you know. And and it's not be, it's not for our lack of trying, but it's you know all parties need to come to the table for that. So. And and these things like they linger as knots in you like that's what i realized when i reached out to ragu i was like you know i haven't been thinking about this hardly ever but there was this knot inside of me because of the way things kind of ended that i wasn't aware of but god knows what that was doing on a subconscious level to my relationship with so many things spirituality just interpersonal stuff and I was like, yeah, like, man, I'm, I should have done this before, but you do it when you're ready. But You kind of trust the timing. There's yeah. like people I'm sure I could like grovel to and I'm like, meh, I don't, I'm sure in, in the but right the, time. But <laughs> the time it's, you're ready to do it won't feel like groveling. No, it doesn't. That's it doesn't. the beautiful, beautiful thing. It feels like forgiveness and healing and like restoration and rejuvenation. And then things loosen up and... We forget about kind of some of those relationships that maybe didn't end the way we well, wanted well, them to. Well, I think mm-hmm. what I'm saying is like they would want me to grovel and I'm not interested in groveling. Oh, yeah, and so it's like though. one of those things where you're just like, okay, they need a grovel for me. I don't have a grovel in me. What are we going to do yeah. here? Like, and I, I feel like that's I wouldn't also assume what other people, what you think that that's they want. also a good point. You know what I mean? Like, cause uh, look, I, the first time I smoked toad, I was like, holy shit. I, I've, I've left some really horrible karmic ripples mm. in my past it, it look they're not all my fault but like i want to attempt to clean up that energy yeah and i reached out to a bunch of people and i, I heard back from like half of them yeah and i renewed friendships that are deeper than ever now right in, in, in that state of mind and um you know i also didn't hear back from people and i was like okay sarah sarah whatever right? will be will be the future is not ours to see <laughs> we'll see what happens so who knows maybe maybe i planted a seed with them and they're not ready yet but yeah i, I mean, think otherwise it's like an untreated wound that's what i was gonna say it like just festers and gives infections and it scars over and you always have to look at that scar and be like ah, i didn't deal with that when i should have dealt with it and yeah. and you it's not like a wound on your body where you can see it and be like yeah. oh like yeah. this is something i should take care of or let heal like that, that's what i'm saying like it, this stuff sticks in some part of us and it affects our moods, our thoughts, our emotions, our our feelings. And, you know, sometimes you just got to give it the time and space to come up to your conscious level of mind so you can deal with it. But uh, they really like those those things are traumatic, just as like an, a physical level of trauma would be like you, you do need to like allow that stuff to surface. Yeah. And just like let let it be allow it to to happen because then you're just lighter you you yeah. can start lifting up you can start ascending well right? what the, the, uh, to me the heaviness comes from like whether it's a business partnership a creative partnership something romantic when it ends immediately it, like this crazy 
Japanese construction team goes to work around your heart to <laughs> yeah, rebuild the walls because so whether no matter what those things are, they made you vulnerable. They opened up your heart. You were trusting. You were in a safe space, and now it's not safe anymore. And yeah. they're like, "Get to work. Protect, we have to have this protect. fucking wall built around this heart again in a day." And you don't know what the hell went into that construction and what it did, what it's doing to your heart. If your heart needed to just be yeah. open and bleeding out and you know, so that's what I've become aware of as I've gotten older. That's where I feel like I have a little bit of wisdom. It's that kind of stuff. When things are ending, don't let those that construction team go to work. That's your ego trying to protect your heart. You your heart doesn't it. need to yeah. be protected as much as you think. You actually should feel it out, you know? Well, it's an indomitable force, your heart. Yeah. Like it is literally unbreakable even when it breaks. Mm -hmm. It still is just always there. I mean, I think that's what sustains us as beings in this reality is our heart, is yeah. our love, uh, the unconditional aspects of it. So when you try to build up all of these protective barriers, I love the Japanese construction. They're so efficient. They're so efficient. <laughs> I can just see it. So it, it. It happens under the cloak of night. You don't even know. Yeah. Like, they, they rebuilt this highway? What the fuck? That, that yeah. takes us six years to do in the United it's States and like 19 acts of Congress. The taconic is still fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. been fucked forever. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. Like those... It's a survival thing and it's like a root chakra thing. And, yeah. you know, we forget that because a lot of us, you know, people listening to this podcast, the stuff we talk about, it is kind of on like the, the higher chakra stuff, right? We're talking mm -hmm. like crown, throat, heart, but those base level things are foundational to being able to build up the consistency and like faith that you need to work on those upper levels and we can forget that and that's like you know at its worst you become like confrontational with the body and senses of security and it's important to remember that like you need those things too like they're mm -hmm. the, the world is going to feed you in multiple different ways and you got to work on the the basic stuff to like feel like a whole person you know mm. and we forget that but alas such is life <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I I hear what you guys are saying, and I'm not even thinking it's my ego. That's but I, <laughs> just I think what I've learned a lot through life is because I've been so non-confrontational yeah. and so like why can't we all get along and all this kind of like I veer so far to the other side of you guys yeah. that like in order for me to meet in a sane place, it's almost like dude, you should have fucking been confrontational like 10 time, ten years earlier or, you know, whatever That's it is. That's your inner mm -hmm. conversation with yourself? Mm. Well, no, it's just like I broke the bridge because I didn't tend to it. Mm. And I'm not judging that the bridge – well, I judge that the bridge is broken <laughs> and I mourn that the bridge is broken, but I'm not going to attempt to throw uh, a rope across because I'm like, I broke the bridge, but I didn't break it in one breakup. I broke it over mm. like years of not being – in alignment or true to myself or being honest with you or you know what I mean right. like for me I'm, I was so scared of like the bridge breaking if I said look at the bridge being having these fractures that they went untreated and then the bridge breaks and I'm like damn that's a bummer yeah like you need the confrontation to address the issues in the foundation and the structure of the thing that's also very valid I think yeah for for me and Sean I know we're we're similar in this way like yeah we fight against the confrontation. Like yes. we, it is, it has been such a natural part of our reactions and responses that we try to pull back from that rather than yeah. seeking out the confrontations in the world. I mean, I just have too many examples in my life of like, whoa, like pump the brakes, guy. Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. this does not need to be a thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. We have so much fire. Yeah. That sad it's mood. Like, yeah. When we're, when we're like trying to say like, hey, yeah, I can't really get into politics. Like I'm genuinely saying that as warning with mm-hmm. peace and love to <laughs> yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Like I tell my parents every day when they try to get me fired up about this stuff. I'm like, don't just don't pull me into that. Yeah. I don't want to be part of it because it's not because I don't have passion. It's because I have too much. Yeah. And I don't want to point it there. That's not where my fire belongs. You yeah, it's there's plenty of other places I could take that that torch. Yeah, we I can play in different territory than you, so I have to be sensitive to the territory I play in. Y- yeah, I'm like, okay, you want to pull me into that? I guarantee you, I have more passionate feelings about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, My and passion is strong. You know, like that last podcast we did, I like I got mad at Cass in the middle of it because she's like baiting me to say all these things, that and I'm like, not. I don't want to say this on recording, and then I'm saying it, and she's sitting there like. Yeah, so and, and I'm like, guys, don't leave me hanging here. And it, like, I left it in so people could see, like, yeah, like you see what you did. You unleashed my fire, and then you, you're just like cool as a cucumber over there because, like, now I'm not saying you're not as passionate about this stuff, but it's like it, it just doesn't arise the, the same way thing it's in expressed. You. Yes, the is way different. is expressed. Yeah, we all know you're a passionate guy, buddy. Yeah, we yeah. we we are aware <laughs> of that. No one no one would think otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is important to get. I think there's like that fine line between like, you know, passion and then when it bleeds over into just like anger and rage. Total mayhem. It's a, th- it's a razor thin line. It is. And it's it's a hard line to not tip over a, a lot. And I notice it in myself. And I, I think I've done a better job as I've gotten older, especially publicly on like social media to not express all of these thoughts that are like I have a lot of tweets that are composed and ready to go. And I'm like delete it that feels does so good not need to go out there what message am i sending out who is this yeah. even gonna reach it's yeah. not gonna change anyone's mind exactly um and you know i think it's important to examine your opinions on the issues whatever they may be but to knee jerk express them and shoot them and fire them out into the world does not seem to be an effective strategy no at all uh, and we're podcasters, ever. so and it's we're hard. Pod- <laughs> yeah, and it is. And like, I I bring stuff up. Like, I mean, I I spoke about the Israel and and Palestine stuff. Um, you know, in a very general kind of like cop out way. I tend to not get into it too much because I find myself at odds with most of my peers, even mm-hmm. my sister, yeah. who is very pro Palestine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not anti-palestine i just uh i tend to support israel not unilaterally i think the right-wing government there is fucked up but um you know i have relatives there i i understand kind of some of the nuance that goes into that situation and um you know it's been interesting to see kind of how many people are very much believe that like what israel is doing is genocide and I I don't agree with that. I think what they're doing is not good. I don't think it's justified. Um, but I think a question that I've been kind of rolling around in my head, not to drag us into this quagmire, but um, <laughs> can't help it, Sean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think, like, what is a proportional response to what happened on October 7th? Like, what, what, what in people's minds should a sovereign nation do when there was a terrorist attack on innocent civilians. And I think there's no easy answer to that. It's not like I have the answer to what that should be. Um, I just, 
it's a very weird i do don't uh kill innocent civilians and think that that's like yeah but like part of the war game it's, it's a war crime it and is it's just we're talking it is about in that war crimes and we're talking about i don't think what the u.s does is right and i'm yeah. really getting i want you to have your peace so i'm sorry i said anything. no no and i, I, I think these words. are important conversations to have because i think people grapple with them i, I especially think jewish people have like a very acute sensitivity to these things because it, it feels weird at times that like Israel is getting framed as this like Goliath attacking these poor innocent Palestinians. But I've seen a lot of perspectives and media come out from within Palestine where the civilians, the people I think we're all acutely concerned for are like, listen, guys, we don't have a problem with Israel. Hamas is fucking stealing everything that's intended for our aid and support. They use us as human shields. Like, we don't like them, but we can't do anything about it because they're running everything. So here. let's kill those people. So it's not let's kill those people, but if you have a population that is essentially being held hostage by a unilaterally recognized terrorist organization, right? This isn't decolonization. That's not what it looks like. That's not what Hamas wants. That's not what um, anyone is really even purporting that they want. It's a talking point. But like, what do you what do you do there, right? And someone was like, you know, this is exactly what the U.S. did after 9-11, right? They went and attacked a country and killed all these people. The difference is, is like, we didn't know really where the people who orchestrated that were, right? We did, but we just had business interests with there them. There was business interests, but like, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't know they are here. Like, we know they are right next to us. They're yeah. right there. We know these people are doing it. They're they're happy that they did it. They sent out these videos that, you know, gleefully shouting that they did this stuff. And I guess for me, I, I don't think, you know, bombing uh, innocent civilians is ever justified. It's ever okay. I don't even view it as necessary collateral damage that dehumanizes actually the horror that takes place there. But I do support and believe that Israel should be able to go in and get rid of Hamas. And I don't think that should be done at any cost. I don't think it should be done at the expense of innocent people. Um, but I do believe that if your next door neighbor, their entire miss mission is to wipe you off the face of the earth, you are justified in responding to that. And I don't know where that line is of like where you say this. I think it was crossed a long time ago. And I think if it wasn't, we wouldn't be even having this conversation. I mean, it was crossed. You could say with like, you know, the Balfour, like there's this stuff predates. Definitely. Even that by a lot. And I think there's a, a great argument to be made that the way Israel was given its state um, was just horribly mishandled in any number of ways and it's continuously led to this conflict and strife but another key point that i think i don't hear people talk about but in syria in yemen there are hundreds of thousands of arabs being murdered constantly and they are factions who hate each other and fight with each other and you don't hear the kind of same response as you do against israel as you do in those places because they're not focused on. It doesn't drive as many views and its clicks and the passionate response. And I think 
that's where we kind of lose some of the context for what's happening. Um, and just to be clear, I am not a supporter of Netanyahu. I am not a supporter of the Likud party. I think they are right-wing zealots who are akin to like Dick Cheney and Rumsfeld's of our political spectrum. And I, I don't support anything they're doing. And I think m many Israelis you saw with the, the try they were trying to overturn the judicial system there are not fans of that party and that political perspective. Um, and I would hope that, you know, in the coming years and decades that that power balance shifts because I think a lot of Israelis do want peace. I just think you're at a very weird, most people think that everyone wants peace, right? That's what we would like to believe, that everyone wants peace, that innocent civilians should not be dying. It's important to recognize that Hamas and Hezbollah and these, they don't want that. They don't want peace. They want death and destruction. They knew that when they perpetrated this attack, this would be the response. They had no doubt. So to just look at Israel as like this juggernaut of like death and destruction um, I just think it, it's a little bit warped in terms of like what actually the nuance of the situation is. And again, I think they opportunistically are leveling Gaza. And I think people can see that. And I think that they're hiding behind terrorists. And I think that and they're saying we're going to wipe out. We're going to wipe these people off the face of the earth because we're scared. That's not leadership. I don't That's think, cowardice. I don't think they're trying to wipe out the Palestinians. I think they're There's trying to hospital. wipe out. There's one hospital, 25 miles by seven miles. But you could say one hospital. Who cares? Try to do that in New York City. <laughs> right. But I mean, Hamas intentionally embeds themselves in these places. Yeah. So if Israel knows that and they know what they're doing and they know the games they're playing and they know how it reflects on them, wouldn't a different tactic maybe be brought into play if they're so so much smarter but than like, the Palestinians? There's literally going to be nowhere for these do? people to come home to, and but I think that's intentional. That's I, all I'm saying. I, I, there's nowhere for these people to come home to. Isn't that convenient that we are make, decimating this complete area so that there's nowhere for these people to live? And that's not Hamas. That's no. the Palestinian people. They live there. It's opportunistic. It is, and it's, I, I do think it's opportunistic, but it's not opportunistic because they hate Palestinians. I think it is a deeply rooted fear and a justified fear because Israel has been invaded five times since 1948. And like... We don't really know what that's like as Americans. That, we haven't yeah. been invaded. Or, or, yeah. Exactly. So I, I, you could I, say Palestine was invaded in 1948 and slowly but surely cordoned off, put into a concentration camp and controlled. They can't go in and out. Yeah. They can't play uh, international soccer. The, the question you know? is this. If the PLO the had accepted a two-state solution, right, and that was allowed to go through and Yasser Arafat didn't reject it at the 11th hour— I think there was fuckery going there, on. Of course there was fuckery. And I think it boils down to that you got to remember that a large faction of the world over there does not believe Jews in Israel have a right to exist. And that's like you can't lose sight of that because we think about it from our perspective that – we want peace. We don't see why people can't get along. It doesn't make sense that people are fighting over land or Don't religion. you think a lot of Native Americans would say, yeah, we don't think white people had the right to come here they, and control our economy and completely cut off resources, take over our land, kill our people, destroy course. our language. Like they would say, I mean, 
it's crazy to put people in a box, shake it up, and then be like, why are they acting like that? Let's bomb them. I don't think it's <laughs> why are they acting like that. I, I think no one's can. I, I think obviously Israel's scared, and obviously America's scared, and obviously the West is scared, and obviously every every kind of thing that is done in in, in, in uh, Western imperialism has been out of fear and uh, self-preservation. That doesn't make it right, you know? It's See, and that's where I don't think this is even a question of right and wrong. Obviously, bombing civilians is wrong. We're not arguing that. But I mean, in terms of the overall strategy of what you do in this situation, it's not binary. It's not as easy as saying, hey... We want a ceasefire. Like that is a noble uh, intention, but you could argue there was a ceasefire. They weren't fighting, and then there was an attack. We and can then that... what we can say as Americans is we are not interested in funding the decimation well, of a, a a population and retributional uh, mean, genocide for terrorism attacks. Like we can make decisions about oh. how it would be. Very, it would and what I think we're uh, Jewish people would be very hurt by that is it would be new policy and it would make it seem like we don't care about israel because it would be like oh how convenient that the one yeah. you know it's like it's, it's not it's, a, it's not about a religion though and it's, it's like not. it's so low-hanging fruit lazy to just always be like yeah but this is about jewish people it's not about jewish people it's about oh nation state acting out of control and yeah us, us but it's funding it it's and i'm un- like i don't care what religion they're practicing there or what they're I fucking know. hiding behind if you're doing that, I'm against you. I'm against this country. I'm against it. the Catholic Church for I raping little boys. I think I could also say I'm against whoever the fuck bombing whoever the fuck next door, killing tens of thousands of people in retribution for something that c- peace can be had. Diplomacy will end up solving this in the end, and all those people lost their lives. I know, and I think that's that's true eventually, but acknowledging that peace isn't everyone's goal is important because I, th- I think that just fuels a right wing way it, of thinking it, it, but and, it is and just true. being like hey well not everyone's on the table with peace well who gives a fuck what they're on the fucking if they're not for peace they're not for humanity right these aren't our leaders we're not looking to you you're for your fucking opinion anymore right. if you can justify taking another person's life you're not a leader yeah you're not a leader that's not what leaders do I that's what we call them because I guess they, they figure out how to fucking finagle their way into power and stay there forever but they're not leaders because none of them come to the table with new ideas. No. That's what we're bankrupt I don't think they of. want new ideas, too. And I think it is no. a very self-preservation thing. And I think, you know... There's too much money to be made in the wake of fucking destroying cities that's and the pr- killing people. And now this hospital needs to be rebuilt and these roads need to be yeah. rebuilt. And how are we going to get this back? And, and guess what? It's all going to be privatized. Well, that's the thing. And it's going to be controlled by our companies. The most nefarious part of all of these global you know, wars that United States is funding and perpetrating. Um, it is rooted in defense contracts. It is rooted in, you know, the money that comes from these, the arms dealers and all of this stuff. And that to me is the most nefarious aspect of all of that. Um, I don't think Israel is like, that's their motivation. I do think it's the United States and the interests are aligned there. I think it's just like kind of a perfect storm of like this generation having heard free Palestine for decades and kind of coming, being hip to the fact that, okay, like this might be an open air prison. Even Israeli soldiers are saying what we're doing over there is not right. Right. And uh, there's, we've been woken up to it enough times and then to see it happen, even though we know better and we know what's going on is that it's just like a perfect storm of 
people just waking up to what America does, this next generation waking up to what America does, how we... Yeah, I don't even want to focus Operate. on Israel. I always yeah. want to try to talk about this the through United the lens States. of the place I was born yeah. and what my tax dollars go towards. Yeah. And it always goes towards the destination of poor brown people. Yeah. Why? M- mainly, that's <laughs> what it does. And, you know. So we can have cell phones and stupid stuff that we all like appreciate. And that's where it's just like we're all complicit and it's like a. We are in some ways. In some ways, we're not. And we're in a system that is very difficult for individuals and small groups to actually change. I mean, I think that's why. all of us kind of end up looking at our own lives and like what we can actually deal with. And I'm glad we have these conversations because I know we're not completely, I know I'm actually not aligned with most people on this. Um, Even my sister is like completely like on social media all the time. Like this is genocide, free Palestine. And like we're like, Tess, like what are you talking Like our family's in Tel Aviv. Like (laughs) rockets Yeah, but to me that doesn't preclude her from being able to be like, you know what I mean? Like if my dad was a serial killer, I'd be like, of course My dad's a serial killer. Like, I don't know. I call, I tell it all the time. He's, he's, Uh, I, he smoked crack. My dad's a crackhead. I'm not saying, well, I mean, no, that's not a crackhead. It's a person that smokes crack. I'm not trying to do layers of like uh, fancy. It's human life. That's it. It is human life. I don't give a fuck if someone's, if if someone can't find their fucking cat, that's worth a ceasefire. Well, let's fucking calm down till this motherfucker can find their cat, please. It's a lot worse than that. Yeah, it's a lot worse. It than is that. bad, and there's no I in no way try to minimize the atrocities that are taking place and that are being done by the IDF and Israel. And I'm not justifying that this is necessary action that needs to be taken. I just also I do understand that if you are constantly under threat from people who want to see you dead, that there does need to be some type of action taken at some point. Doesn't maybe mean you should take care of I your next door is, neighbors, and maybe the yeah. U.S. should help you take care of your next door neighbors so that there's uh, peace and you have allies. Yeah, there. Ima- so, your, your whole thing is about imagining a better it, world, and it's like that's what we're asking these people to I, do. We're saying, hey, stop using the old shit that doesn't work. Stop throwing bombs. You know, don't do that because what they'll do because it's so profitable is they'll create the conflicts. They'll nurture the conflicts. They'll make sure nothing gets solved. Uh, Yeah. You know, the counterpoint is, is that when Israel withdrew from Gaza most recently, 2005, 2006, they left behind critical infrastructure that was for the benefit of Palestinians. It was not they didn't leave them rubble. They didn't say, good luck, go help yourself. You know, they provided resources. And they utilities. just can't fish this far out. They just can't no. travel to Israel. They just resources. can't. You know what I mean? And it's, it's like, like, hey, if you don't have an advanced economy like us, that you're less than human. But you're not a human being because you don't have an advanced economy. Let's like the be rest clear of the world. Like about what happened poor. as soon as Hamas took power. They destroyed all of those things. They stockpiled the fuel. They built rockets. They took all the aid that was supposed to be Because they're there. like, what I won't take the do? pittance that you're dishing out. I want, like, you know what I mean? I don't Anyone know. Anyone in the same situation would do. I said it on the podcast before. Like, that's why I'm in this country, because yeah. my ancestors were fighting back against that kind of fucking invasion on their yeah. land and on their culture. And my fucking great grandfather said, no, fuck this. And he killed two British officers and had to fucking flee over here. Yeah. You know? I, I don't. That's I, what's in my blood. I That's just, who I side with. It's like I, the people who are having their shit fucking taken over. We have a tendency to, be, to want to believe in the underdogs. It. What has been interesting to me. Well, especially is, here at Very Ape. <laughs> yeah. And to we me, are the underdogs. The, the interesting aspect is, is like 
you will not just because Israel has a powerful army and technology. I mean, they are there are uh, Jews make up point zero one five percent of the world's population. Like it is incomprehensible how few Jewish people there are in the world. Like people don't understand that it's fifteen million yeah. Jewish people. That's nothing. That is yeah. literally nothing. So there is this weird kind of underdog mentality when it comes to that. And I'm very um, cognizant and aware not to self-identify too much as being a Jewish person, especially not just when it suits me, like ideologically. Um, But there is this ingrained sense of like, we have to survive. Like we've been under attack for Mm -hmm. so long that we do not want to go in and destroy and impoverish people but if they're constantly attacking israel a sovereign nation there is a level of protection and kind of retaliation that i don't want to say is warranted but is a natural response and And maybe stronger because of that uh experience of being uh, so strongly persecuted yeah and i I don't think it's right i i do believe that as younger generations um and that's why take come into power that we will see a lot of this tamp down in terms of the I do not think what Israel is doing now is going to help that with these next generations that are growing up because when you see your family being bombed and displaced and treated inhumanely, that naturally stokes a fire of uh, vitriol and hatred, and that's not going to do much. But I've, I've been seeing this guy, um, the son of the Hamas leader, go around on social media and. I think his voice is really important and people would say, well, he's just a puppet who's echoing, you know, Israel and the U.S.'s positions. But this guy was the son of the guy who's in charge of Hamas. And he's like, listen, Hamas's entire strategy is to dehumanize the Palestinian people first and foremost. It's not even attacking Israel. They want. Yeah, We should be listening to this guy. Yeah, because he's saying you are playing right into their hand. You're this is what they what want. They, they want you're you doing do. what they want you to yeah. do. But How also, foolish are we being? But he also says very clearly that he believes that Israel needs to go in and eliminate Hamas at any cost. Like he's very clear about that. If that's what Israel was doing, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, but uh, that is. I don't believe. I do yeah. not believe. How would you go about doing that without committing war crimes? Uh, well, I mean, you, so it, it, there is no option. There is there's no, no way to do it because is Israel no, is known for going and yeah. assassinating people, the wrong people. You know, they'll go into Belgium and be like, "We got the guy that did the so and so." Oops, no, that was wrong just guy. a that was the wrong guy. Yeah, we used a bunch of Irish passports to do yep. it. We're not going to apologize. Fuck that. What other country gets away with this? And that's the whole thing. Try to talk about this without saying Jews or Jewish or we're we're an oppressed minority. It's not just try about to talk Jews. about it because you wouldn't get behind it. You it's, wouldn't. It's it, not it, just you'd, about you'd be like, this is insane. Any country that was doing that, any company doing that, you'd say they need to stop. No, and it's, if we're funding it, that's, that's the why very I'm very clear about the distinction <laughs> between Israeli citizens and the right wing Likud party, which is essentially demonic like they they do not want peace either they're 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 not as bad as hamas because they're not purposely going in and beheading babies but they're blowing up civilians knowing that they're doing it and it's it's cruel well, this is where inhumane. the conversation is we're not we're not in the nuanced of like do, it's like the people who are perpetrating these wars against humanity these crimes like this should not be allowed yeah we should not be allowing this we do not want to allow this we, like we're having 
we agree on the same thing, but we can't do it. We can't say it and we can't speak to it. And you feel the need to speak on the other side of it yeah. because you are saying like, but you know, we should be able to protect ourselves. I'm like, no one's saying that you can't. The, and people are saying well, the that argument this is, is not what's happening. What's happening here is uh, inhumane. It's a war. Like we're, we're saying is it's gone too far and we can't let it go any further. And the fact that we even let it go this far is yeah. uh, I we're I, all fucking signed up with the devil. On I that um one. I heard uh, Noah Tishby uh, on Tim Dillon's podcast, and I find her to be about as reasonable as a pro-Israel, like very pro-Israel, very pro-Israel. And a lot of her points on what Israel is doing, again, it's it's not justifying. She does not agree with Netanyahu. She actually was kicked out of like a political think tank in Israel because she spoke out against that party. Um, but she makes a lot of cogent points about what the real options are for Israel in terms of its defense of a sovereign nation, um, and again, like, I don't think we end up agreeing on these points. I think we do agree on that we don't want violence and bloodshed. Um, and unfortunately, as individuals, we just don't have that much of a say on how this gets done. We can speak our truths, we can make our opinions known, and we can imagine a better scenario, which I, I hope younger generations really, like, internalize and allow to happen. Um but yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of nuance in this situation that I always have an averse reaction when a narrative comes out that the majority of people seem to cling to on either side. But the, the right? people, yeah, but the people not clinging to it happen also have a favorite country and favorite religion. I, I would just trust the person yeah. that has no dog in that fucking race. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I don't have a favorite country or a favorite religion. I know I'm I against know. war. I know. I don't care who's doing it. I mean, I'm I guess, against it. you know, it boils <laughs> down to like a very simple, like personal thing. Like if someone is coming at you with a machete and the only way to stop them is by shooting them and you happen to have a gun. Do you let them attack you with the machete or do you shoot them? We don't like death. We I think know. that's a false comparison. I'm not saying it's a it's the equivalency of what's going on. I'm just saying to challenge the notion that killing is always wrong, that there's never a justification of it. You may disagree. I used to think that, you know, if the, the right answer is you let that person kill you. What is meant to be is meant to be. But I do think there is a natural self-preserver preservation quality to human beings that if you're being attacked and you have an option and it's a if we can't think option, outside that we have no chance as a human race because they will continue to make it feel like you're being attacked mm -hmm. that's why we just had to make a space force yeah they're like trust me this yeah, yeah, decimating each other ain't working yeah. out people are we becoming too outside. smart yeah we have to start creating existential Aliens. threats yeah. alien threats just things like yeah. that and like, I'm telling you what this is about. Yeah. And it's about money and it's about continuing conflict. It's about keeping people shrunk and small and good workers and fearful workers. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just see that pattern playing out anywhere and I'm willing yeah. to call for call it what it is. Yeah, and I... Especially I, when it's my thing. If I was sitting here saying, look, some priests get a little horny. What do you mm -hmm. expect them to mm -hmm. fucking do? You know, they got these boys around. What the fuck? It's innocent. You know, it's this and that. I think you'd think I'm a fucking kook. Well, but we're talking about something worse than that. That's we're why we're talking I try to about blowing up hospitals. We're talking about fucking wiping out 11,000 people so far. That's it. So far. That's what we know of. That's insane. It's not something I would stand behind. 
and and again, I just think if you didn't have a favorite religion or a favorite country, you'd be with us and being like, that's fucking. Crazy. I don't think it's like about <laughs> a, a favorite religion or favorite country because I really don't. I'm Jewish light in the classic sense of the word. Like I do not really. All my friends that defend Israel happen to get a fucking free trip there where they were told, right. this is your land. These are your well, people. You better it. move here. My yeah. sister did it. She's could not be more diametrically well, opposed. <laughs> I, I believe that that's what a lot of people think. We I, need more white Americans here is what they say. Mm-hmm. That's what they need. They need white American. Because if you're Jewish and black or brown and from Northern Africa... No it's chance at ci- no yeah, chance at citizenship. You get treated like a piece of shit when you're there, and it yeah, it's I about bringing just, a class of white people you, over there and saying we need to outpopulate I these mean, motherfuckers. Uh, the thing is, though, also about Israel. Again, there's a huge distinction between the ruling party and the citizens of Israel. Absolutely, Israel, most countries as too. a country is one of the most tolerant places in the world yeah. and it's not just for jews there's 30 percent of the population i think even more if you count christians and arabs are non-jewish so it's not just they're saying yeah. only jews are allowed here we're the only people this is our utopia no one else is welcome that's important to understand that that is kind of the tenets of what that culture stands for um that I think is also worthy of supporting. I don't think you support it unilaterally when they go and they do fucked up things. And I think that needs to be called out consistently. And that's why I constantly say like Netanyahu and what. Don't you feel like we're an upside down world because we can't just agree on that? Like we can't agree that there's like. I'm against nation states, so you already lost me. Yeah, I'm like, and I agree oh, with cool. that too. We're, we're, who's who's making these invisible borders and controlling the resources? Oh, the already extremely powerful and wealthy. I'm against it. Sure, they're invisible fucking things. We'd be better off without those lines, without those leaders. Sure, I agree with that fundamentally as well. Because you'd have to figure it out. But that's the thing, like. I don't know that we're ready for that jump just yet to just it's abolish. What we were all already borders. doing. It's I, what we were doing. But it's the system has been pivoted for centuries and longer millennia now that it's it's not like an easy just like jump cut into that way of being and i think that takes however long it takes for it to to evolve and come out and i'm really happy we're having this discussion too because like i think it's important people should see that people can disagree fundamentally about these issues we're very yeah (laughs) you can still be respectful you can still appreciate and also I'm open-minded enough that when I hear cogent points that people are making that maybe I hadn't considered or had dismissed earlier, even if in the moment I don't go and like immediately change my mind, I think about it later and I go, you know what, that's a really good point. And I think that's like, that's what's missing from a lot of this on every side, whenever there's a polarity. um, And that's actually how we change these things. That's how when you have people who are coming from that space in leadership positions, you actually get what we're talking about. Yes. And, and I think that's why, like, I think it's great that people disagree. I, th- I think conflict in general, unfortunately, it shouldn't have to be literal deaths, but it, it does serve a function. Oh, of it, course. It, it does serve um, a, the, the tension and tragedy even that is created um, does allow kind of these pivot points and opportunities for growth. And we see this in our own lives too, right? When we have chaos or catastrophe or tragedy, like those are moments of, of huge potential. Um, and I don't think it's a mistake. I don't think it's a, like an error or flaw of humanity. It's how we process. And also a lot of this 
is how serious you take the game of life. Like, mm-hmm. how serious is this going to be in your world? I think a lot of people now are taking it very seriously yeah. to the point where it's actually affecting their day-to-day lives. My stance is always, like, if that's your relationship with any of these things, these issues, um, take a step back. Like, disengage for the time you need Wake to. Wake up every morning, set aside, and... 10 minutes, 15 minutes. How am I going to address this conflict? What can I do to make real change and do it and do that every day? Right. And then show up and then be like, did I make it? And then because you'll look at the days where you gave like where you said, hey, I care about these things and I'm designated. It's like what I did with worrying. I designated time to worry. To worry. Yeah. You allow it. And then I found that, oh, I actually get shit done during that time. I'm not just like uh, humming along in a state of worry. That's not really good for... I think what you're saying too is also like this is like you got to figure out your protocol for living your life. And when you give up that agency, when you just kind of let outside reality and any of its trappings influence what you can and can't do or what you can and can't feel or what you're able to feel, um, you're playing a very dangerous game. You have then made whatever that thing is outside of you, your God. Mm -hmm. It is now your ruler. It is Mm -hmm. now the thing that dictates all of your actions. And that is, for me, I found in my life an incredibly unsatisfying game to play. It always is proven to be false. It is always proven to be a golden God of no real inherent magic or substance. And uh, I don't regret when I go through those times, but that's why I really like, What can I do today to feel the way I want to feel? What can I help shape or create um, that I'm going to be proud of or feel like that was time well spent? And that's usually why I think I have some level of like immunological protection from like the world issues. And as I've pointed out, I have opinions like it's not that I am not aware of what's going on and don't feel strongly at times about these things. But I just don't let it seep into my life to the point where it's detracting from the stuff I actually am excited and care about. That's, well, you don't want to become so focused on war that you that you embody war. Yeah, you know and what that's I mean? inevitably you, what happens, right? I think that's what happens. You, you so focus on an enemy, a demon, that you then become that demon. And I think we're seeing it play out in a macrocosm. And, and it's a like, micro, of course. And, yeah. an, an, and in a micro. So it's I think um, it's a time to be aware of your attention your attention's very valuable it's mm-hmm. a, and it's the uh, most valuable thing right and can i try one of those nicotine not to go oh yeah. I'm sorry. I yeah, tried yeah, yeah, yeah 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 what do fun. i do i just this will be good you just pop it in your lip in your lip yeah? too, ba- no. too bad we don't have sixes <laughs> oh damn. what is it like you'll see cool. well i will say no i i you know you're the first person i talk to about all of this stuff yeah. you know and i've continued the conversation mostly in private and yeah i appreciate that you want to talk about and that you're open to talk about and then we can talk about it and still like love each other as friends. And that's it's not the most like, important thing to me is like yeah. it, it doesn't affect the vibe. Like we can disagree on a fundamental level yeah. about a lot of different things. And it doesn't make you less cool with the people. It doesn't yeah, like, and change your a, opinion of, oh, they're so wrong. How could they be so stupid? And How if that's they? available to us, like why that probably is 
available to anyone. Of course it is. You know, and in some level, like that, that we could come on, come in here and be well, like, we're we, not we serious people. Disagree. So yeah. we don't even take our own opinions that right. seriously. That's totally. And that's part of having a sense of humor is not necessarily being like so righteous on anything because we have limited information. We're making the best decisions that we can with the information that we have. It's why I'm trying to limit my information is because like Noah's yeah. saying, I'm too opinionated. Yeah. You know, you could, like, if the only information he, I have is this yeah. fucking, his, his kids' toys, I'm going to have opinions about yeah. the toys eventually. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. have to very fucking crazy opinions <laughs> yeah. about the toys. And okay. Sean's so very like, radical. Yeah. Yes, you know exactly. I know exactly. you are. You're, so, you know, the proletariat. I didn't even, I didn't even scratch the surface on this because of I don't want to go there. I just, no. like, it feels um, you wanna alienating have simple for me. opinions. No, yes. about simple things, and I think yeah. we're getting you get enough information to just be like, okay, simply we need to do better, all of us. I think also like this is like all we need to talk about this because like it it is like I think the point of even bringing this stuff up, at least from my perspective, is that just to show that you can disagree, you can have differences of opinions, you can agree on a lot of things, but fundamentally disagree on some other things, and it's fine. It's yeah. okay. It doesn't mean that everyone else is wrong. Well, we'd like to thank you for coming on our podcast and speaking on behalf of all Israel. Yeah. <laughs> of Israel. I'm pro-Israel. The IDF. I, I believe every I support on Netanyahu. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just think it's like, it's you know, harder and harder to find strong conservative voices like yours. I know. These days. You need, you need, <laughs> me, it's me and Ben you know. Shapiro. That's it. Did you see? Um, I thought. Uh, I thought. Um, John Oliver did a pretty good job on this. I thought. You know, he was. I saw it. Um, you know, wait, again, my as a pro-Israel person, my perspective go? on a lot of this stuff is just. It simplifies something that I think is so much more nuanced than people could even fathom. Mm -hmm. And there's such a long history extending back. And there are so many things that people don't know about um, on both sides of the equation that I just, I always, and I think this is a natural, like ingrained epigenetic uh, Jewish thing that whenever a lot of the world is like, they're doing this wrong, Israel and Jews and this and that, and they control the media and all these things. There's like this weird, like, oh my God, like I don't know how to feel right now. Well, it's now. an existential threat. And it as it a feels like it. Yeah. And I don't really, like I said, I don't identify as, as Jewish, but in these situations it does come out because I see how my opinions differ so strongly from the majority of things I see out in the world and that's just worth examining and I don't even take my opinion uh, and feelings on this as gospel like I allow them to be challenged I allow uh, different perspectives and ideas to kind of rattle around my brain and, and see how it affects um, what I feel about these situations but again like I was saying like this isn't really affecting I don't let it in that much. I, I'm aware of it. I don't say, go away. I don't want to deal with you. But like, I, I just like, there's so many other things I want to do during it. Like to me, what I've found, um, I've been really getting into this, you know, Bashar, this dude, Daryl Anka, he channels this like dimensional being called Bashar. I've never heard oh, of Oh, amazing. I think you guys would love it. It's very weird. He goes into this like, like it's very weird. Like Paul Selig like, stuff. Yeah. But like even weirder, but. And when I first saw it, I'm like, this guy's a lunatic. Like, what is he doing? But then every single thing this guy channels is so on point. I'm like, oh, my God. Mm. I don't care if this is made up. Like, who gives a shit? It's incredibly wise stuff to say. And he has a formula. Bashar has a formula. And the formula is very simple. And it, the, the core tenet is basically, like, focus on what excites you. 
Mm-hmm. And when you find what excites you, do it in order of the level of excitement. This is how you increase the magic and harmony and synchronicities in your life. This is the only way to do it. Because if you don't focus on those things, you're letting everything else come in that takes you farther away from what you actually care about. Because your natural excitement is is your beacon. It's mm-hmm. your compass. It shows you what you care about. And if you come up with all the reasons you can't focus on that, that ain't it. And that's mm. what a lot of us do. I, I'm guilty of it at many points in my life. But I've really been trying to make that um, the the core principle of my life recently because like, what else are we We don't doing? know anything different. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I see it play out so much with my parents. It's like they're they're in grief. You know, they lost a daughter. They're still yeah. taking care of my sister who yeah. has epilepsy. Yeah. You know, they're at a certain stage of their life where you just you're losing your friends and stuff. And instead of uh, focusing on grief and evolution and personal growth, they focus on big problems that they have nothing to do with that they can't control. And it's like, focus on the stupidity of the government so you don't have to focus on your own shit. Focus on the atrocities of the world world so you don't have to think about the atrocities that are taking place in this household. Yeah, the conflict. Yeah, the conflict that's happening right now in our house. It's like, you know, we're cloaking it and talking about Israel and Palestine, but like there's real conflict happening here. Of course. And And we're using this thing to distract us and we're aligning ourselves with that and their narrative. And it starts to make you think smaller. It shrinks your consciousness. Or you not know. where you always have to start. You you have to. The truth is, even if this is not our felt experience most of the time, the only thing we really know that exists is our sense of self and our awareness. Yeah. That's the only thing we know yeah. exists. Everything else, you take enough psychedelics, goes away. Yeah. <laughs> right? Even aspects of your identity. Bye-bye. Yeah, They're scary. gone. But uh-huh. that thing is still there that awareness is still there so why wouldn't you focus on that as your initiative or your you know and i guess that can sound selfish to people but i do believe like there is you need to be fundamentally selfish before you can even approach the concept of being selfless Mm -hmm. like you 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 can't go and be a selfless person until you have examined what is going on with you and how you interpret and how you process things. And, it doesn't and where mean- to point your focus based on that. You get to know yourself and right? you, know, you be selfish for a while. You figure out what your gift for like, humanity is, is and then you spread your gift for humanity. <laughs> right. And we want to bring people together and it might seem selfish that we go and spend all this money making movies or whatever, but we're not hurting anyone. We're just trying to show people you are each other. And we're trying to show the American experience through a bunch of different lenses. Paradoxically, the more selfish you become in a true like honest way authentic way that's when the connectivity begins to come into your life i know this just personally over the past few months as i really focused on myself i had the time and space to do it for the first time in a long time um that's when all my friends get back in touch that's when i connect with all of these people who i haven't spoken to in a long time that's when i get energized by the world at large and all the amazing things it has because the world can feel your vibration again exactly it's not like you're like hey everyone i'm available to be contacted right now. it's just like people naturally reach out because they can feel your vibrations available again exactly the good friends can feel when it's low and still show up like us motherfuckers. right and that's that i think is incredibly <laughs> important too because people forget that like when when people are not like oh where's this person been maybe they're not feeling so great maybe they've been going through a rough time uh, those... i'll get spooked because I, I do that i'll reach out to someone when they don't get 
shit back to you. You yeah. start getting attached to yeah. some fucked up narrative you have about them. And like, yo, I just reached out to just make sure this guy's okay and he's yeah. not getting back to I me. I still have a guy that I reached out to last time I was here. And I was like, yeah. hey, how's it going? And I yeah. haven't heard back yet. And I'm like, I'm part of me is like incomplete right now. Has yeah. been ever since. You're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it what's just feels like on? an open thread. That's yeah, just talk like, about <laughs> an open wound. You're like, is he okay? Like, what's going on? But yeah, yeah I mean, I started doing these, uh, this month I started this like group imaginal thing, which I hadn't done before. I usually just work with people one-on-one. And I was like, gosh, I can't believe this was a huge blind spot because I'm seeing we get together, we meet, um, you know, a few times this month and we're all focusing on our imaginal acts and what we're doing. And it's so powerful because, uh, of course, there are people who in the first two weeks had amazing, incredible things happen and their life has completely changed just because they've focused on this. And then there was a guy who said, you know, you know, I'm getting moments and glimpses of things changing, but I don't feel like it's there. And I'm like, dude, I'm very happy you said this because that's where I'm at, too, with this. And I don't want people to think that it's always instant. And just by doing this, you're going to have this amazing change right away. And it's important to hear that and know that you're supported. And that's normal, too. And that's okay because uh, to me, one thing that is very clearly like I've been trying to figure out like what I want to do, like what should I be doing with my life? And this idea of one thing I've, I've had a natural kind of talent for is community building it's just something i don't know how it happened but i'm good at like holding a vibe and letting people uh come into that and then i usually just abandon it at some point (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) but um you guys got this right (laughs) yeah right i'm out peace you start a bonfire and then like they can throw logs on it yeah exactly (laughs) and so um it's just become very clear to me that creating or allowing these communities to emerge and congregate um, the church of chill all of these things are it it feels like what is going to be my focus at least for the next decade or so like really Mm -hmm. bringing actual in physical space too we're talking about the event we're going to do like these things feel very important right now yeah um and i think that evolves into even cooler things i think when Many of us accumulate wealth and abundance that can be shared and spread. We can have land that's purchased and people can find and have a safe space to go to and reside at if they they need it at the time. And I see those things emerging very clearly. I've had the visions of them long before this, but I see the path. Sound like a cult leader. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, obviously (laughs) I I don't want to be in charge of any of these things. It's funny because I think a lot of people hear this and and whether they know it or not will will be like, ooh, and they'll try to make that, make you into that. Like, people did that to us around space camp. Right. It was in the the vast minority, but people that were almost resentful with us afterwards for like, what the party's over, what we're not on a commune now, what we're not all, you're not telling us all what to do. And it's like, there's people that are still bitter towards us yeah because we threw two parties yeah and they, they and didn't and we were like and, and they didn't continue forever which is not something we promised we don't want to be in charge of a bunch of people i don't want to be responsible for a bunch of people i just wanted to have a party during the pandemic because it seemed hard to do yeah and then people are like well what the fuck what do we do next they do it. again it's in the vast minority i think most people know how to party and know what a party is but man there's people that just completely need something or someone to latch on to and uh i rarely give homework on this podcast but Cass and i are gonna have a really hard time not talking about this new netflix thing on our next podcast called 
Es- escaping escaping twin, twin flames. flames but we still have we have we watched the I, netflix one we need to watch the amazon okay one. watch this Seeking thing because name. we're going to spoil it on one of these so podcasts you <laughs> pluck the words i was <laughs> just about to mention jessa she actually just sent this out on her patreon that documentary the netflix one and she mentioned the prime one um she also experienced the same thing with the events she was a part of yeah and this idea that people want to make the creators or the facilitators of these events into leaders they're not and we do not have a desire to lead people, to be in charge of people. We're happy to put out a vibration. We're happy to put out a frequency and allow people to resonate yeah. with that. But it is such a... I'm an I, introvert. I can barely handle space camp. That's, I that's think, I think, twisting my arm to even do that. I'm yeah. such an introvert. I you think, never hear me be this talkative in person. I it's know. only on podcasting. I think part of it is like we all have this like... It's part of the psychedelic journey of like, should we all live together like one big happy family? And then like kind of like... I don't know. There is something towards like we've gone towards being close with family and there's something to that. But I think there's this idealization that can happen of like no work, all play, alternative living that we can facilitate together if we enough of us hold the vision. And I think that it's kind of like you go in and through it almost like a clinging and realize like life is work. Most of us have real family that need our attention. And people you know don't. It's I mean? girl brain people shit. People don't. Want <laughs> That's people, what I think of it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, life is but a dream. And then we watch it blow up in their face. And yeah. It's like, hey, you're going to take back that communal living is the way because you started one and it was fucking bizarre. Yeah. It and always it was, turns into bizarre, yeah. <laughs> too. I mean, just to be clear, there's countless examples, endless yeah. examples where that just does not work out. I mean, and, and, and it's nice to experience from time to time and go through that. Uh, phase, but we support I, people who can do it. Of and do course, it well, and I think know. it's cool. And oh, I think yeah. having, like, when I talk about buying land, what I think about is not like a commune for everyone, but like friends, family. Yeah. Like that's what it is, and not even living together. Listen, I think people are breaking apart the idea of the nuclear family, right? I think this is. Um, We've been on the forefront of that shit. Yeah, I mean, and, and me too in a lot of ways. Like I, I've destroyed one family in London. No, but I mean, <laughs> but you I nuked the nuclear family. I have a very you know unique family position. I have you know you're the dad to many. I am a dad to many. I am a husband to one at a time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just important to examine what works for us as individuals and what feels right and what uh, yeah feels... I, I used to want to share a prescription and now i'm like it's my prescription is totally irrelevant different. it's just it's different just, it's different it's because it's it comes with the responsibility is like if they did that and it doesn't work out yeah. then that's on me like i don't i would rather just be a reminder of like follow your heart or whatever not like here's what you need to do yeah like, i don't know i took acid today i don't think everyone should do that no i, I don't. don't think so either i think <laughs> it's a lot of people should but i mean yeah, yeah. i yeah. mean it's just I'm not in the uh, business of giving advice, but I am. You have great advice. I I am someone who offers my perspective and things that have worked for me. That's I'm happy to do that because I know there have been points in my life where if I would have heard those things, it absolutely would have helped me. That's the only context in which I'll do it is is if like I'm like young me would need to hear this. So let me send the message back through this person or whatever. That's when otherwise I'm very hesitant to give advice or prescriptions. Unsolicited, of course. I mean, and it's different when you have a podcast and people are you know, willingly I wish people wanted in. my advice more. I well, wish you give great advice too. I know, but oh, the, you know what I mean? Don't yeah. you, doesn't everyone wish that everyone wanted to just take their prescription and then they could be like, uh, the, you know, this is like me at 24, you yeah. know? <laughs> I, I think people like when 
what they're sharing is received well, and especially if it evokes positive change in people's we, lives. We all like have nothing... a little Dr. Phil in us that yeah. just like wants to come out. <laughs> totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wants to say, look, you need to stop. All yeah. right, open your heart up. And yeah. I think to... you would just also have like enough failed relation, not failed relationships, but like, I can't get Sean's dad to quit smoking. Like, what am I on? I can't get my dad to quit drinking. What am I on? Well, like, what, what, like, what? I can't. Having cannot... a bad dad is such a great way to play with uh, the clinging energy and attachments and this and that. And, like, growing up with someone that has substance abuse problems, like, try stopping them. You're uh, their, you're yeah. their child, and you can't get them to stop. I think well, you know one. They thing... love you more than anything in the world, and, and they, they won't, won't stop, stop for so, you. So, you're so like... it's just like it. Just you, you learn to where to put your focus. Here's a little bit what more. I would say about that. <laughs> one thing that I found can be useful in these types of situations is you don't take any action in the world but inside your imagination you imagine the conversation where your dad goes you know what I don't think I want to smoke anymore and you you vividly imagine that scenario and you would be surprised how powerful that can be to really change people's behaviors habits ingrained things that have been there for decades and maybe their whole life it is a very powerful thing and I think it does cut to the core of that I, I believe that each of our individual experiences we're creating that world that's our world that we have created yes we can share the experience we can point to things that exist in our collective worlds but you everyone has this innate ability to change their reality and that goes for the people in their reality as well and that's why I just kind of always offer that as a suggestion mm. for people to play around with because when you see people suffering or you see people engaging in self-destructive behavior and, and stuff like that, you can feel powerless because you know, like, I can't get this person to stop yeah. no matter what I say, no matter what I do, no matter how many things I point out. But when you just flip it and go internally and you go, maybe I'll imagine a scenario where they just figured this out and it works differently and you faithfully believe that and yeah. expect it. I would say you can you can I, witness some pretty amazing things. Oh, well, totally. we, we've seen it in relationships yeah. where it's like despite someone's behavior, you're just holding yeah. the highest vision of them. And it's like they start to feel that and get inspired right? by that and they start to become it. And, you know, it and I think there's something about like I really appreciate you, this, you saying this because it's the reminder I needed because I am getting to this place where like, OK, shaming Sean's dad's not working. Yep. He is total. He's like you, a total rule breaker. Yep. And it's like it's an opposite effect. It's it's fucking the opposite. So it's like I'm I'm not doing that anymore. And I'm just like. I keep thinking he's going to have to come to this on his own. And I need to really render out the vision of him yes. having that conversation with me more where he's coming to that on his own, where he's like, you know, I really do want to be here. All this stuff has finally gotten through to me. I don't like coughing up a lung all the time and sounding like shit. And I miss how good it felt. And the feeling of right. What that feels like when that is real and when it's true and how you feel that satisfaction, that relief. Also, I would um, just point out that I don't think this is, is something always that's the case, but smoking, other self-destructive behaviors, sometimes, you know, if that's really what excites the person and they love, imagine that being okay too. Imagine yeah, no, that's, that, that yeah, that's... not having a negative impact on their life because that also is a frequency that's being pumped out there. And sometimes when you allow that, that's when they stop. That's when they go, oh, this doesn't excite me anymore because yeah. it's being allowed to exist and someone isn't challenging my idea or telling me I'm doing something wrong so I don't feel like yeah. I have to do it. So like there's just yeah, ways. Do you think I should talk to him and be like, 
hey Jack, I've I thought about it a lot, and I really trust you. If you if yeah. your body wants you to smoke, it must be because smoking's good for you. Yeah. I like I, you know reverse psychology. Kind I of think shit. that's valid. Again, I would say as an internal process, imagining those things is far more powerful than any action you're going right. to take out in the mirror world. I think you you have to change your conception of the person. Be their angel, be their guardian angel who is allowing that frequency to be picked up and then they can embody. Well, and- I will say, while my dad hasn't stopped drinking, his relationship with alcohol has like, since I've chilled out about it and just right? accepted him for who he is, has like, I'm like, damn, this is, he's in a really good place that I'm like, I wasn't judging you with how hard you were going, but the fact that you're not going hard, oh my God, it makes me feel so good. Uh, Imagine this too. This is another kind of crazy thought, but I do believe it's accurate, is that what you believe about other people in your life actually condemns or liberates them from that state of being. If Mm -hmm. you believe someone in your life is doing something that harms them, you may be creating that situation for them. It may not even be their choice at that point, especially if you're someone who is good at putting out vibes and allowing things. You may be condemning them to that very situation that you don't want them to be I can't be help in. it. He's like sneaking around with a cigarette. I'm like, yeah, I don't even I want to talk to you right now. But the thing yeah, is, is that you don't, you don't react to that in the world. Like this is a lot of it withdrawing your senses from outside reality and then just living in your imagination and then you have that faith that loyalty to the unseen world and the expectancy that it is done that it is given your prayer has been answered and you're just waiting for it to show up and allow it Mm. to be it's hard work it's not something that i think is just a naturally easy thing for people to do because we do constantly engage with the world like that's our experience but I just, in my own life, I've seen how powerful that modality shift can be. So how do we pray for peace? The way you pray for peace is imagining peace and knowing that it has arrived. And even if it is not showing up and even if it is not there and all of the evidence is to the contrary, knowing that it is just a matter of time. It is showing up. It is done. It is perfect. It is completed. And it will be done. When everyone does that, when everyone individually can resonate at that frequency, that's when it shows up. That's Mm -hmm. when everything shows. That's when the iPhone showed up. When that frequency was created or allowed to be and people resonated with it, that's how these things take place. That's how the aliens are starting to show themselves a little bit. Yeah, and do some ketamine and, you know. They're they're fully there. Ketamine for peace. I mean, ketamine (laughs) is, is, is such an interesting substance because it just completely gets you out of your mind you Mm -hmm. have this third person perspective on your reality and it can be incredibly useful when you are stuck right either in a state of fear anxiety depression whatever it is that's where i view its power as like a medicine as something that is a a spirit companion um i i you know i took a long break from it you know almost three years and rediscovering it and its potential and potentiality Mm. for individual change and perspective shifts. I mean, I think that's why it gets used therapeutically so often these days is it is a very powerful way to just kind of get you out of what your train of thought has been, move those neural pathways around to create different grooves in your mind. And uh, Mm. I, I love it for that reason. And I think it will in some way be a part of my life probably 
throughout my life. Yeah. But, you know. Alien dust. It is alien dust, right? I mean, geez, yeah. they come through. Geez, they come through. Yeah. Well, your alien nature comes through. Like, right? it, it's not just personal insights. It's like, if you do ketamine enough, like I did for a couple of years, like, yeah, it's like, okay, I, I kind of, you know, my personal shit, whatever. Yeah. You start thinking about some, like, what is mm. money? What is, what are know. these markets? What the fuck are right? borders? What are, you right? know, and like, you can just <laughs> sit from your perch, like above humanity and just see the madness. Yeah. And like, most of the times it makes me laugh and just be like, wow, I'm, I'm actually glad I'm stuck in Sean's perspective. It's, yeah, it's um, relieving to just have to be one person. One person, because when you're yeah. that zoomed out, it Everything. can be like, oh my, God. holy shit! Like the the God perspective on things is it, it's terrifying. We are it's all, lonely. I think it's lonely. Well, I, uh, yeah, that's, that's why I think we find ourselves in existence. Yes, is because an omnipotent, omniscient, complete, unified consciousness will not only get lonely but bored. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have any polarity. You don't have any differences. And I think that's precisely why unified consciousness has fractured off into these individual perspectives and pieces of the divine. And I think the pleasure of a lifetime is discovering that you are that. And mm-hmm. even though you don't have to operate from that perspective and frequency all of the time, it is joyful when you are aware of it and can use it with wisdom and grace. Like yeah. that's what it's about. And I think that's the meaning of life. That That is not a complicated question for me. I think that's what we are all doing is revealing our own innate divinity through whatever means and experiences and relationships we have crafted for ourselves. It's when we forget that and we think life is being done something like something being done to us yeah. where it gets very gnarly and it can get very scary and lonely and fearful. And, um, you know, discovering antidotes by going into the world and into yourself, I think is what we're constantly doing. That's the process of a spiritual path. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's, it's perfect in that sense. I think the angels like when we're grateful. So they bless us more when we say thank you. That's my favorite prayer. Thank you. And And I, I think part of the, like to me, the grace is like really fully embracing and accepting and getting down with it. This is a mystery unfolding. Your life, you know, Earth, whatever the hell the cosmos is, mm-hmm. it's a, there's a mystery unfolding. It's not incumbent on you to figure out. It, <laughs> it can be very interesting if you take on a curious lens in life. Yes. I think that's, where, that's when it starts to get really magical and interesting. When, it, like you're saying, it's not things happening to you, but like, oh, another clue, mm. another illusion. Another potential, you know, life form, another potential way of seeing things. And there's a mystery unfolding. We don't know why we're here or what we're doing. And anyone that tells you that they do, they're fucking full of shit. They've deluded themselves. They don't know. They They really don't know. They don't know where we came from and where we're going. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's a cotton eye joke conundrum. uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to think of this life as like we were these disembodied interdimensional beings we got some new drug we put it in the bong we hit the thing we whoop and then we have this life and then when this life is over we pop out of it and all our friends are around us and they go did it happen to you too Uh, you're you're describing an exact thought i had the other day yeah i was like man life kind of is a dmt trip where you have amnesia and you come back and you're like whoa wait what the 
oh man, yo, that felt so real. Yes. Holy shit. Yes. <laughs> I think when I had my really intense DMT ketamine, that whole thing that threw me for a loop, I kept getting these visions of like almost these hooded figures who felt like they were telling me to come and everything was okay, but I perceived it almost like a threat because it was like so uh, counter to my existence as because, a person. Because they're dead. Yeah, they're not there. They're, <laughs> they're not. They're, they're dead. They're jealous angels who, yeah. you know, they're like, oh, you took a body. Yeah. Come back to us. And that's what it felt like. And so I, I realized, though, that like when we do pop out of this existence, when we die or whatever you want to refer to that as um, – I do think we're surrounded by the beings we've decided to embark on this trip with. And I don't believe there's any loss of identity. I, I, yes, you may lose your shawness, your castness, your knowingness, but you are still going to be you. And I think that's like, you don't know that for sure. I don't want to say that I know that for sure, but my sense is that is what it's like and that we are surrounded by our group or our, our aura mates, our soul pods, that like have chosen to go through many different lives and incarnations to experience what it's like to have a body and to be embedded in time and a physical existence. And that never felt like a mistake to me. It never Mm -hmm. felt like I was forced into this. It always felt like on some deep level, this is exactly what I wanted. And this is exactly what I craved. Um, Even the suffering that goes into aspects of life. I, I just think that that's like, especially so. Yeah, especially so. Exactly. Because like to me, like, and I've noticed this with my dad, um, it's like life will, and karma will just keep sending you louder and louder wake up calls until you finally fucking take it. And it'll come in all kinds of weird forms and you'll blame it on all kinds of (laughs) other things and people. But it's really just like what you baked into this experience for yourself is uh, opportunities to awaken. And if you don't take them, it feels like they get louder and louder yeah. and a little bit more like what we would describe as tragic, maybe. You'll get hit by a car like, yes. at a certain point. Yeah, you know, exactly. You'll get that slap in the face. You won't. Don't yeah. worry, Cass. Um, but like, I'm not saying if that stuff happens to you, you're a bad person or you no. didn't listen or that's it. But, but like, let's take these opportunities, the small and large to grow, to learn from each other, to evolve our spirit, because it feels like that might be the only real thing we can do and the only, I don't know, lasting thing we can do. Yeah, I, I think yeah. we shed our imp- I think we shed our memories, but we like have the energetic imprint of like our vibration, and that's what carries us forward until whatever's next. For that's us. what we're doing here. We have forgotten. We have amnesia about so many previous things in our existence and the fundamental one of those is that we are god that we have that (laughs) like that's the main one we forget but that's why i think we go what a fun game of hide and seek for the divine to play with itself let me embed in your consciousness that you are me i am you you are that i am he she all of those things and then let's discover that through a variety of experiences and relationships of being human like that's fucking cool i i think it's a cool thing doesn't mean it's always fun doesn't mean it's always like a pleasant experience but i think one of the cool things is when you really resonate you have that jesus christ moment being awakened to your own divinity you then do get a certain level of command of your experience and reality and that to me um is important to remember it doesn't mean you're going to be micromanaging and control of every single thing that happens but 
in terms of your perspective, your yeah. emotions, your feelings, you do have a degree of control over those things. And it's important to, to not forget that. Totally. That's what like acid does. It puts you face to face with your your lived karma and you have this like overwhelming sense of responsibility of like oh what i experience is a direct relationship to what has come before and it's it just like kind of just kicks you in the ass and you're like you want to feel good like do stuff that's good feel an integrity with yourself you want to you want peace be kind you want you know you want to laugh i like each thing is getting a leg kick yeah that's like You're like kicking it into reality. I love it. Uh, I yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's like if you want energy, create energy. Move your body, create the energy you want. If you want sex, be sexy. Yep. You, be sex. Yep. You know, like it if works. you want money, be greedy. Yeah. Go for it. Be or greedy. Be it's greedy. Plenty. Just resonate. <laughs> resonate with abundance. Resonate with your own innate ability to attract what you need at the right time, at the right place. Imagine yourself being that person who has those things and truly allow yourself to believe that don't use willpower to try to convince yourself or force yourself it's nothing it won't do anything but a subtle change in your vibrational frequency towards gratitude and that's why gratitude is so important like when you're grateful that you're wealthy or you have abundance even if you don't Watch what happens. Watch the scenarios and opportunities that unfold in your life that make that a reality, make that true for you. But you will know if you're grateful because when you get hit with a bill or you get hit with financial hardship, if your reaction is, oh, no, oh, shit, oh, fuck, here it comes again, then you're not really grateful for having it because you don't feel like you have it. And Mm. that's not to condemn anyone. I've been there. I I oscillate in and out of that at various times in my life. But I do know that that is actually what creates the conditions and situations to experience any type of abundance or harmony or peace or love. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, just try to be grateful for things that maybe you don't see or experience in your world and see if they pop into it because they do they do i mean it's yeah. inevitable oh, but we do it with our movies like right. literally we use our imagination to come up with the movie and then if if that vision is strong enough the money will come to us and the people to be in it and that's what's crazy to me and that's the thing i that's where i put point all my faith is is in that whatever that process is if, if i can keep dreaming these things up the resources and they subjects come. will keep yeah happening they come and that's why i think it's also important to just imagine greater and grander things for our lives like that's what i'm constantly trying to keep my eye on the ball in that sense like i want incredible experiences it doesn't have to be i'm not attached to a specific outcome but I can imagine incredible, amazing things happening in my future experiences. And uh, inevitably, whenever I've allowed myself to go there, that's when those things tend to show up and that's when they're there. And conversely, when I restrict my consciousness and viewpoint and put on the blinders of the struggle or the difficulties or the shitstorm, that is reflected back and amplified in my yeah. life. And it's like, you know, I don't, that doesn't excite me, right? There's yeah. a, there's an element of like, oh, like, oh, I'm in it. But like, it's not exciting. It's not particularly interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I'm trying to focus and I am focusing on things that excite me that, oh, yeah. you know, like that's, 
why wouldn't I do that? Like, why, why would I focus on something that isn't exciting? And it doesn't mean if you go to a job and it's, it's like not a generator, like it's like, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm a, a manifest generate manifesting generator, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. the fuck yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I genuinely run on enthusiasm, but Sean has to say that to me all the time. Cause sometimes I don't, you yeah. know, celebrate as much as he wants to. And he's like, we run on enthusiasm here. And I'm like, you're yeah. right. It's so true because it's your enthusiasm is where you focus your intention you know and your attention's where all your energy that's moves where and then where you're yeah, cr- if you want to create anything so i came across a youtube short the other day yeah. and um it was i hope i don't bastardize it but generally it was uh hope hope the ho'opono boat i fucking ho'opono yeah ho'opono um th- someone was saying he um, a therapist or whatever came into a psych ward and did that prayer with each of the um, patients. Yeah. But not with them by looking at their name on a piece of paper mm. and that they their mental health of all of them improved. Do you believe? Right? Do you? Of course, I've, I believe. I that. believe it too. I I'm, believe that it's such a powerful prayer that you can direct it towards really big things, really small things, and. It, it can change everything. It it works for whatever it takes to engage your faith. If it's a bunch of words, if it's a ritual, if it's something you catch yourself self by surprise, if it's a discipline for you, but I think that's all it is. Your faith is the thing that's that's making the magic happen. Mm. There are three you know? things mm-hmm. that I identified. This is what these imaginal group things I've been doing this month, and I'll, I'll probably do one in January. Um, there are three things I've identified that are core components of like affecting real change in your reality one is repetition and that varies depending on you know where you are and what you need sometimes it's very easy and you might not need to have a very disciplined approach in your repetition but whatever practice you're doing there's an element of repetition you're you're half the man you used to be like compare this podcast (laughs) i know i was so fat (laughs) it was crazy i saw it i was like oh my god um i think i'm wearing the exact same shirt it's much looser um so (laughs) repetition and then faith which I would define as loyalty to the unseen world. That is what faith is. Let fill in the blanks wherever you want. And then the third is expectancy. You need to expect that, that these things are finished, are done, are coming, are there. Those three elements combined are incredibly powerful for evoking change in your own internal consciousness and your reflection of your consciousness the world like that those if you implement any degree of those three things you are in for like a pretty cool ride and it cuts both ways that doesn't just mean it's only for the good stuff it's only for if you are repeatedly telling yourself stories of shame guilt fear worry anxiety if you are believing that those things are true regardless of evidence or even being confirmed by evidence uh, and then you expect those things to continue, you will get that experience for anything in life. And it is a very neutral, uh, you know, way of, of, of viewing reality in yourself. And, uh, you know, it, it, we're always manifesting. It mm-hmm. is not something that's turned off just because we choose not to focus on it consciously. We are always doing that. So take the controller, like, you know, play the game, yeah. take some action. Yeah. It's a lot more fun you when go. you do, when you, when you get behind the wheel a little bit. Yeah. Because like, otherwise 
the world, the mass mind, the narratives, the systems, the governments, the economy are more than happy to fill in the blanks. They oh, will let you yeah. know where, who you are, what you're supposed to be doing, yeah. what's possible, what's not possible, what you're capable of. Like that will naturally be filled in because that's how reality is generated. We have to generate it. That's why we have to sleep. There's also this weird thing. I'm sure you guys have noticed that when you're really working on something that you're just so excited about, you love it so much, you know, you get up, hours fly by that you're doing it. You don't need as much sleep to generate that yeah. reality. You can actually function on less sleep. Well, you should necessarily be getting less sleep, but you don't need your eight hours all the time yeah. to feel rejuvenated. It's when life is hard and you're working so much to sustain and get through it and your energy. It doesn't matter how much sleep you're getting. You will still be exhausted because you have to go shut your conscious mind off just to resummon the energy and strength to recreate this place every day that we wake up in. Um, so mm. that's, again, it just goes back, like, focus on the shit that makes time move quickly focus on the stuff where you get lost in a moment or some art or listening to music or whatever it is watching a comedy thing listening like those things will make your life feel easier it will make things flow in a more natural way um whereas like you know we shouldn't we should be expecting ease in our lives that should be something even if it's not our experience all the time like we should have that intention to experience ease i don't think there's anything wrong with that i don't yeah. think uh it takes discipline to get there it you does know? Like, I, like i was saying to my dad the other night he goes sean you you do hear what what trump said he <laughs> called he called his enemies vermin that's what my dad i said like dad too. are you gonna vote for him no, I would never vote for him. All right, for the next year, you're going to be bombarded with shit like that. Yeah. You already know you're not going to vote for him. That's probably the most you could do or not do yep, in this it. whole process. That's it. Maybe let's spare ourselves from all the anxiety and worry yep. and nastiness and depression and all of that stuff and deal outrage. with uh, the yeah. outrage. Like, let's deal with our real shit. And it's like, it's like an affront to him. You know, to even say that. It's well, because like, he, he wants you to be as angry as him. And yeah. then he makes an enemy out of you if you're yes. not my saying. Dad, same. Yeah. It's like. Sh he, I'm like, Dad, he, I was outraged my whole life about you using drugs. You didn't care. You kept doing your thing. So I became <laughs> less outraged about it. And look, here we are. <laughs> now I'm your friend. Then the conversation mm. is like, you know, if Russia was at our, our street, would you be out there? I hope you'd be out there. We, we don't. We're not a gun family. We don't believe in would that. Would you defend your family? Would you? Do, it's like, what are we talking what are you, about, What is man? it? They're poisoning you. They're fucking... What they're doing is slowly but surely extracting joy from your yes. life. Yes. Because they know you'll replace it with consumerist tendencies. They'll just extract joy, well, fill it in with just a blanket fear. And if it's not enough, uh, if January 6th didn't do it, October 7th will do it. We'll talk about 9-11 again. We don't give a fuck. We'll yep. throw any dates at you that elicit fear. Yeah. Live in those dates. Yeah. Live in those, those times. You'll yeah. be a better consumer. You'll be a better worker. And uh, you can break that. I, I mm. found for me what was incredibly useful and enjoyable in relation to Trump is just seeing how hilarious of a human I, being It is he the is. antidote to him. It, it is. is. Is just watching it like it's stand-up. That's exactly how I watched it. And when you watch it like that, I cannot tell you he is one of the funniest people who has ever My existed. parents get so mad because like, yeah. I just went, I think, like you were saying, I just went years without ketamine. I just went years without hearing Trump's voice. Yeah. I just was like, cool, I'm not paying attention to this shit anymore. And the news is on in the background and they just cut to a Trump speech. <laughs> it 
Cass and I start laughing, yeah. and my parents are like offended that yeah. we're laughing. Like, are like, you Trump you supporters? Yes. Yeah. You should you be, be angry. I'm like, no, it's he's hilarious. fucking he's ranting so and raving about nonsense, and people so don't funny. even know what he's talking about. And, and people are so angry at the status quo that they think he's their savior, and that is just more indicative of how broken the Democrats That's, are than anything yeah, it's else. It's fascinating and revealing, and uh, again, I just don't have a. a dog in that race so i'm like i can think about the democrats and the republicans as equally evil they i don't are. have to say but no the, the democrats are a little less evil no they provide cover for the most evil i would w- argue that it's worse that I, was my stance I, on trump and I biden agree. and the whole thing it's like i wouldn't you, even take a side in that you got a wolf in sheep's clothing or you just got a wolf who's saying i'm a wolf yeah. give me the fucking wolf i'm not gonna vote yeah. for him but at least i know what i'm dealing with either way the wolf has no teeth no, what the, the fuck what is the president going to do? The, the, the do? largest transference of wealth happened under Trump. This is not it's small It's because what the whole this system is, wanted. I know. I they, understand that. When he just wanted that. to end the wars and this and that, you can't do that. Well, you know, and I'd well, argue can't do, <laughs> that that's actually predating Trump. One of the biggest things I heard you mention it, too. My mom was a communications lawyer, so I've been acutely aware of this since the 90s, is the federal communications overhaul. Um, 1996, bills, 1996 that actually was the biggest transfer of wealth ever because yeah. it conglomerated yeah. all totally. of these things that now we just know that there's like four or five companies in control of everything that so was bad. and and that type of stuff is more nefarious than like you know a cabal of rich families clinging to whatever artificial wealth that they have so they can feel superior well, i mean this i just i think it's just so fucked up to run on a like this idealism around the 1950s and when America was great, you know, all, you know, single family, all, what is it like one dad? You just need a yeah. dad, whatever yeah. fuck, to make the money. Yeah, it was great for some people. It's, it's like saying Babe Ruth was the best but baseball player. Never played doesn't against matter. a black guy. Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> that was made possible because of the tax code. Yeah. Like the ta- what was the r- people who were making a certain amount were taxed like seventy percent. Like yeah, it's more. just, it's just the insanity. Yeah, but, you know, like, look, I don't even want to be a policy wonk or anything like that. It's just very clear that there's two choices, but it's one choice because I just look at where there's bipartisan agreement. And it seems like the ruling party, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, are always pro-war. Pro-war, pro-big banks, pro, uh, you know, stifling innovation. Yeah. Unless it benefits, you know, their little group of people. I mean, I was Pro-austerity. It's always about pulling back from the lower class and pulling back social safety nets. Like, both Uh, classes agree we have to do that. Yeah. And we have to divest in education. We have to make that more um, of a thing only rich people or going deeply in debt can afford you. Yeah. I just yeah. feel it's a, such a shame that people that we as a society are just so greedy that we don't realize that like we're all b- better off when people are fed and healthy and educated. Like I what are we talking about? We understand here? that on a deep level. But if there was one person at space camp that was like starving and suffering and like on yeah. death's door, do you think we could have a party? No. Do you think we could have a great time, or would we all rally around that person and make sure they're cool so the vibe was right so we could really fucking flourish? Yeah, it really fucks up the vibe, man. Yeah. It really all does. All this fucking the wealth disparity. So I, that's where I usually try to pull myself away from believing that that actually is how things are and they exist without denying that it's taking place and the objectivity of it. It's just, can we hold the vibe and perspective that people are realizing that and people are taking steps internally and externally to evoke change in those ways and then i think we do see if you look at civilization even though there are still a ton of fucked up aspects of it uh 
the arc is bending towards better. I do believe that. I don't think things are getting worse. That's even usually if, what we try to talk about. Yeah. And yeah. even if we, we All see... All the kind acts, everything that keeps yeah. us together. And even if we see more evidence that that's not true because we just have more access to information and data and all this stuff at our fingertips now that we didn't have before, it yeah. doesn't actually mean things are worse. It doesn't actually mean things are getting worse. It means, yes, some things are, some of the time in some of the world, but things are also improving. I think as we each kind of up-level our individual consciousness, then that overall vibratory frequency does begin to shift. And we get these beliefs, true beliefs that, you know what? We are doing better. There is great change coming into the world. And I, I personally just feel that before I can even conceive of it. Like, I feel that these next three years, let's say, next year especially, but you can't even pass that, are going to be very, very positive. They're going to be very revelatory. It doesn't mean it's always going to be a utopia and everything is great, but I can we sense. We have like 400 more years for that. No, mm -hmm. and I can sense, though, that like we have a lot of cool positive change about to show up and is already showing up in many ways i feel that it's there it exists we're just about to move through that phase and that's exciting to me so i i try not to like look at all of the ugly parts that i i'm aware that there i look at them but i don't view them as any more concretely real than the possibility of amazing things taking place or someone figuring out how to take care of the the earth and ourselves in a more compassionate and genuine way um, totally that's how you can start to be like i personally know what social media does to me and i have to take a step back so i can reclaim my anything else in my life but i do see a mass awakening happening where one good idea can spread like wildfire and yep. really change the course of yeah our reality and that's that's the beautiful aspect of virality too right like it can just be this pure vibration that's sent out that everyone can kind of recognize i, I very rarely think it's the words or even the art itself that is the thing it's just a container for that frequency that actually begins to resonate with people and then people pick up on it and they mm. gal are galvanized and energized behind it and that's what people want but that has to come from a place of authenticity and knowingness and understanding what it is you're doing even if you don't understand it in any other aspect of your life like when you're creating things i mean that's what i try to do with music yeah. like i i just if it moves me and i can feel the vibration of it that's all I need. It mm -hmm. doesn't need to be a hit song. It doesn't need to appeal to the masses. It's just if it if it scratches that itch for me, then it's it's valid. It's complete. It's a thing that I am happy to attach my name to and put out into the world. And I think that's all good art and all yeah. good stuff. That's what's underneath it. That's mm -hmm. what is the generator and attractive force that gets people to kind of resonate with it. And I don't know. That's worth focusing on in life for me. That's like, that's more than enough for me to like make my life's mission or yeah. make a huge component of my life. And uh, yeah, I just look forward to doing that as much as I can um, for the rest of my life. Yeah. And uh, you know, that's satisfying for me. That's fulfilling. I agree. I thank the angels that we live in this time where we can do uh, be an introvert and do our kind of art mm -hmm. and have these kind of conversations and they can get out there. Yeah. 
It's kind of fucking crazy. It's really mind-blowing. This is the only time in human history that's been possible. Only time. And here we are. And we happen to live in it. The introverts are going to take over. They are in a lot of ways. (laughs) You look at a lot of the, the, the art and like that's in the zeitgeist it is mainly from introverts right it isn't these huge rock bands that with these extravagant you know party it's it is these it's like the frank oceans of the world like right like these dudes who are just like whipping together some philosophical mystical magic in their minds and then putting it out into the world and people like that's it Mm. that's it like i get that i feel that and uh yeah i mean that's that's the dream i think of all creatives is to get in touch with that internally and then being able to express it in a way that feels authentic and on brand um yeah but i mean it takes time to figure that out oh yeah like i mean it that was not my intention when i first started doing any creative project it was like how does this get popular like Mm -hmm. what will people like how do i make something that other people will like and it's like no yeah that's not really that can work but it won't be satisfying yeah yeah it won't be the thing you want to listen to in 20 years it'll be like yeah why i did that i mean Mm -hmm. maybe it worked in this way but um yeah i mean i think it's just a creative like fun time page of cups energy is what i would describe like is the dominant vibe like playful curiosity will not serve you wrong in this life yeah it will not you don't have to solve the mystery. Just be a part of it. It's so yeah. much more playful and curious. Yeah. And, you know, it, mind, it can be mind-blowing. And there, yeah. there can be endless novelty if you have that kind of lens on. Yeah, and especially when things seem really fucking serious, if you can remember that perspective, that is when you really can, like, do some cool shit in yeah. the face of extreme odds and uh you know just difficult situations and circumstances and that to me is exciting Mm. i love beating the odds i love triumphing in the face of defeat i'm trying to (laughs) get down the level of defeat that needs to happen i'm trying to uh mitigate that to some extent so it doesn't have to be such a dramatic like emergence or triumph but um there is something very exciting about succeeding in the face of failure or snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. That's like, that is an exciting thing. Mm. Um, I think that's also just the cultural thing for this country too. That's kind of like what it was founded on. I mean, many other things that aren't so nice, but that is the spirit, the purest spirit of the United States is overcoming tyranny Mm. um, in some ways, in some ways perpetuating it, of course. But, you know, that is kind of built into the fiber of this sovereign nation that yeah. we find ourselves in and i think that's, that's why i'm endlessly fascinated by it yeah because there's never been an experiment like this before never so the, the mix of people here is crazy you'll never see a culture like this you've never seen one before never and um yeah it, it's what we try to do is just show the 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 unseen unspoken of yeah, pockets of light great. you guys you know because the there's a lot of darkness and and even like our films, like Wild Magic, is like set in the d- the decaying, you know, uh, urban or the the decaying landscape of America. That's just like fucking CVSs and strip malls, yeah. and it takes place in there, but it's magical. Yeah, because the people are magical, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to be tuned into. Not how stupid everybody is, or how unevolved they are, or like all their problems. Focusing on how magical people are and how cute they are. Also, how easy is it <laughs> We're so cute. to be cynical? It's so fucking 
easy. It's oh, so yeah. base level, basic bitch perspective. It's like freshman in college. Yeah. Fucking just dweeb. like you dork. Like, what do you yeah. like? Really? Oh, life is so hard. It's so bad. It's so many bad. It's like, shut up. Like, yeah. really? Like, that's so easy. You are literally putting the difficulty meter down to easy to latch onto that perspective and make it your identity. And you're like, that's like, yeah. how boring of a thing. Like, find ways to be optimistic and excited and encouraged. You're an atheist. You're so- that's boring. Find God. That's more interesting. <laughs> find God somewhere. It doesn't have to be a religion. I get you're against religion. Sure. But just try to find God. I, you know, I, wouldn't that be more interesting than being like, nope, I'm a, I'm a 20-year-old atheist. It's fish in a be. barrel. Like, what yeah. if God was one? That's why I, I love the perspective that Neville Goddard had about the Bible um, is that these are not historical figures. They are psychological states that we all yeah. move through as individuals. The wrong approach, there are two wrong approaches to it. One thinking these are historical figures and you take their words literally yeah. and you make your whole religion about that wrong. The other wrong perspective is look how stupid these people are because they believe these things are true and how dumb it is and obviously it doesn't make any sense. That's also wrong. Yeah. There are psychological states that we as individuals, that's what every mystic scripture anything from the ramayana to the old testament that's what it is it's a blueprint for how you recognize your own innate mysticism and divinity that but that takes a subtle and nuanced approach to these things you can't just take it at face value and say good or bad that's like yeah i don't know like and i to me that is just ultimately incredibly unsatisfying too to just think you have the bible figured out and that it's just wrong yeah really this thing that's lasted for millennia yeah. you think is it's just wrong or because people are stupid or because they're so weak and maladjusted it's, it's, they need something to cling to like what they're, they're saying that about themselves right and i guarantee you they have a bible in their life and usually it's like some uh liberal indoctrination yeah, science they, or yeah, some weird yeah. <laughs> brand of empirical science that completely negates every mystical coincidence and synchronicity they've ever had in their life, every magic moment. I mean, like, what... When I first read the Bible, I took it more literally. Of course, everyone does. I, I was does. a teenager. Of I was a kid. Of course, everyone you know? does. And and uh, I so I get that. It's crazy that there was adults perpetuating that. But then you get a little older and you you uh, give it a reread and you're like, oh whoa, oh, Jesus Christ! This is very Jesus Christ. It's right. like Jesus Christ. It's like if you only saw Fargo once, you might come out of the theater being like, what the fuck? That yeah. was like very incredibly like boring and then violent. Like, Brutal, what the fuck? boring movie. Yeah, but, but if you so watch it again, good. you're like, this is one of the best comedies. That that America's ever produced from maybe two of the most comedic geniuses, uh, the Cohen brothers Amazing. that we have. Amazing. I Fellow love Jewish movies. brothers of yours. Yeah, my Jews, <laughs> they support the IDF as well. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's exactly right. Like, you just can't, Try not to take everything at face value. Try to get underneath the surface. A lot of things will come off as tragic on face value. But they definitely come off, come off as comedic on upon further investigation. plus time equals yeah, comedy, e- right? Exactly. I mean, it's a classic thing, and it's very true. And look no farther than your own life. Those That's what I'm saying. horrible things you went through, the immense suffering and pain that you experienced, and you look back and you go, holy shit, that was crazy, yeah. right? Like, yeah. that was nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's just try to get underneath the surface of what's being presented I think that's also like what the functional aspect of a lot of these things are is we get familiar with the ability to sense vibrations and frequencies that are not 
sensorily like inputs we don't like it is something more subtle than that and when you figure out that that's something you have as a part of you that you can resonate with and understand then you can start to modulate it then you can start to engage with things in a very cool way and then wildly you have a, a massive appreciation for things maybe you never even cared about i always looked at music like this like i've always been not always but before the internet once the internet came out I just downloaded everything. I mm. downloaded every fucking album, like from Destiny's Child to Nine Inch Nails to fucking weird jazz. And I just was like, this is amazing yeah. that all this stuff exists. And not all of it's my favorite. It's yeah. not what I choose to listen to. But when you can start appreciating all different forms of music, that speaks to some level of consciousness that you are going through. Your awareness Dude. is increasing. And uh, we have it we have it so on the nose with taking two tabs of acid and finally being able to hear the dead. Right. It's just so right. quintessential like and then that and, and just being able to hear the dead opened me up to everything I love now. Everything. Right? You know, I was I got out of my one little lane of like punk rock, you know, hardcore. Yeah that kind of thing it's important too you expand your horizons you expand your awareness how are we looking Cass did it get cut off Cass um yeah it was an hour and 23 minutes so what is oh that? just cut off alright well let's wrap it up alright whatever. We'll wrap it up no cool. end well, no, babe we did cool. it we just we talked for like two, two hours. hours we're good let me just delete some old videos, go through, go through the thing, make some room in the cloud, pay five bucks a month. God, they are killing me with this cloud shit, man. I don't pay attention to it. I don't even know. I don't, I've never been never on the cloud. never enough. I've never been on the cloud. I'm I have none of my stuff's on there. On the we just have piles of hard drives that probably cost way more than the Do cloud. Do you want to know what's cool, though, about the, the Apple cloud is it syncs your desktops across computers. Oh. It's really dope. Like, so if I record something here and export it on my desktop here, when I go back on my other computer at Denise's, it's there. Oh, that's cool. Super cool. So I don't have to, like, physically move it around on a hard drive. You're good. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> wow, we talked for two hours. You can't get enough. You want to keep going? <laughs> no, I just... I thought we should close with a visual. Like, you know, it's easy enough. I was up there. It took me three seconds. Yeah, that was good that you even caught that. Amazing. But, yeah, another episode of Very Ape with Noah Lampert of uh, Synchronicity Podcast. Yes. Patreon.com slash Synchronicity for more of him. That's if you support Israel. If you support Palestine. Patreon.com. <laughs> go to Very Ape. You can Hamas, you go to them. Uh, IDF uh, comes to me. Um, yeah, it, there's lots more from us on um, what is it? Patreon.com slash Church of Chill. Please support us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. If you dig what we do, that's the best way to support us. Do it. I'm a loyal patron from, I think, day one, and I, yeah. it's one of my favorite. Likewise. Patreon's out there. It's we, amazing. Discord's it amazing stocked. too. Discord. It's, it's oh dope. my God. That's where it's all happening. So join our Discord. Add to the conversation. We Enjoy love you. Enjoy Noah's. Noah's yeah. is popping. We got stuff going on there too. Peace, love, and magic, y'all. <laughs>